we back in the soul place y'all and this contribution today is first of all entitled war wounds and this is going to be placed on the reform series so if you're hearing this we've come to the end of the reform series and this is the anchor message and i believe it's an important one and like i said earlier it's entitled war wounds okay today our scripture text is taken from genesis chapter 32 verses 24 to 28 and it reads and jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day and when he saw that he prevailed not against him he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him and he said let me go for the day breaks and he said i will not let you go except you bless me and he said unto him what is your name and he said jacob and he said your name shall be called no more jacob which means he who holds he who holds onto the heel of but israel he who holds onto god wow says for as a prince you have power with god and with men and has prevail amen the reading of god's word is already blessed it's amazing um i mean right there we can go off into a preaching storm jacob the one who holds on to the heel of has now become israel the one who holds or he who holds on to god and I don't know where you are today. You may have been through some war, some battles, some hard times, and through it all, you found yourself holding on to man. But I, I wonder if you would switch gears today and in turn hold on to God and his unchanging hands. Because the thing is, when you hold on to man, they have an expiration date. And that expiration date can be for their love, their affection, their attention, whatever they can give you. Because they are limited. They are finite. There's only so much that man can do for you. But we have a God. And his name is Jesus. And he is able. He is able to not only allow you to hold on to him for safety, for comfort, for rescue. But he's able to hold on to you. Bless his holy name. So um, I'm, I want to do a segue here into a story. I want to talk about a skin knee. I don't know if you ever had a, a skin knee. Most often, if you check your childhood, most of us that have had a skin knee, I believe most of us have. It was during a time when we were trying to learn uh learn how to do something like ride a bike or you are probably out playing and you know and you skinned your knee and you know the amazing thing about i think the skin knee is one of the most hurtful things that can happen to a child when they are out frolicking and doing their thing 
and as painful as a kidney is, we manage somehow to get beyond the pain. And some of us got scars. I don't know with you, but I think I got one or two scars on my knee. That signifies the process that says that I've been through. <laughs> Whether it was riding a bike or running up and down and doing crazy stuff, I've been processed. So when you see me riding my bike or when you see me, amen, doing my do, it isn't because, you know, it just happened. You know, it just, I've had to go through some ups and downs, literally, some tumbling, so that I could arrive to the point of completion. And I'm here to encourage somebody today. You remember how you eventually got over that skin knee. Your, your, the wounds that we carry, they, those battle scars, they testify to the journey we've overcome to be where we are today. And we thank God for his grace and his mercy because if it wasn't for his grace and his mercy, when you look at your life and all that you've encountered, it was his grace that took you through all of that. Amen. Thank God for faith. Faith is that gift of God given to each and every one of us, a measure that we were or are instructed to use to gain access to the kingdom of God and the things of God. But it is through grace. And because of his grace, you encountered battles and you've overcome. Don't watch your neighbor right now. Just look at you right now. You've had to overcome some things. You've been to war. And you've got the scars to show. And guess what? Just how you wear, wear that skin knee as a badge of honor. Wear those wounds as a badge of honor that said, I have conquered, I have overcome. Because we are more than conquerors because of Christ Jesus. Amen. So the question is, even as we get back to Jacob, who was Jacob before his encounter with God? And the truth was, <laughs> Jacob was a deceiver. He was a supplanter. He was a cheat. That was Jacob's character. That was his character. And there, there are many that may believe that characters can change. But Jacob is an example of an encounter with God can turn your life upside down and then right side up. An encounter with God can give you a 360 degree, somebody, or rather a 180. As you, yeah, a 360 degree takes you right back where you started, but a 180 would force you to go in the complete opposite direction of where you were headed. So Jacob was a deceiver. He was a cheat. He was a supplanter. Let's see some proof. Genesis 32, 13 to 20 says, Jacob used those these same attributes against Esau and he lodged there that same night and took a, that which came to his hand, a present for Esau, his brother, 200 she-goats and 20 he-goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk production camels with their coats, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 
20 she-donkeys and 10 foals, and he delivered them into the hand of his servants, every drove by themselves, and said unto his servants, Pass over before me, and put a space between drove and drove. And he commanded the foremost, saying, When Esau my brother meets you, and asks you, saying, Whose are you, and where go you, and whose are these before you? Then you shall say, They be your servant Jacob's. It is a present sent unto my Lord Esau, and behold, also he is behind us. And so commanded he the second and the third, and all that followed the drove, saying, On this manner shall you speak unto Esau when you shall when you find him. And say your and say moreover, Behold, your servant Jacob is behind us, for he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me, and afterward I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept of me. And you know, the amazing thing as I read this, I'm looking at Jacob's strategy. And of course, this was the culmination of his strategy. He's now about to face the brother whom he cheated out of his birthright. And now he's using the substance of what he of uh is uh defrauding if we can say that to appease the situation and to actually reconcile somewhat or to uh, still the wrath of his brother if we can say that so we we see the culmination of his character all the way back at uh Laban's house, he's doing his thing, amen, and uh, he finds a way to get this, the, all of the spotted cows, uh, the spotted uh, animals to be his, you know, you see all of that, and like I said, this is the culmination, and it's a brilliant plan, because it, when you see it, 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 you'll see, if you read the scriptures, it is like it awestruck Esau when he sees this multitude and the, the way Jacob has set them off in droves and it's like at least the greatest type thing and I tell you this <laughs> I always believe that the word of God is a from least the greatest type thing it's a ascending thing and Jacob uses this strategy to literally lure Esau in so this was his character on display and he was using it um to the very end but the thing is is the amazing thing jacob was no longer jacob now he was now esau he was no longer the brother who strove with esau or the brother who strove with man he was now this prince who had striven with god and had gotten the victory so the question is, what do you do when you come to the end of yourself wrestling with man? What do you do? You know, there comes a time when God would allow us to run aground, you know, run out of options, run out of ways to get ourselves out because we've got to come to terms with who's really in charge 
we've got to come to terms with that. God knows what to do and how to allow life to put us in the place where we can only look up. You've been looking left, right, back, front, every place else, but the most important place, which is up. And now God has our attention. So what do we do when we come to the end of ourselves? Which is we've, we've, we've run out of options now. We've got no place else to turn but to God. Listen to what Job says in chapter 13, verse 15. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. So Job is at the place now where he's God has put him in a position or allowed him to come into a position where he has no other option but to trust him. Ladies and gentlemen, his children are gone. His wife pretty much is gone. She says, look here, man, uh, you might as well curse God and die because you're you're at your lowest point now and you can't go get any better from here this is what she was thinking but it was Job that looked at it and said you speak as one of the foolish women because Job understood something that if God is for me who can be against me Job understood that all of this circumstance although it doesn't look too good God is in the midst of it. You know, that that's some faith. To be at your lowest point. And even there, you realize in the midst of that, that God is for you. And, and that's why I believe, I, 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 that's why I don't believe in giving people fairy tales. You know, I believe that we are the blessed of the Lord and all of that thing. But that blessing constitutes some hard times, some good times, some good times, some bad times. This thing is a process. I, I don't believe, because let me tell you why I think it's important to give folks the full picture. If you come into the kingdom of God or the things of God and you feel like it's always going to be a bed of roses, everything is going to be peachy, nothing is going to go wrong, then you, you, you've been deceived. That is just... And guess what happens? When you fill your mind and your spirit with this misconception of God and the processes and the seasons, so I would use that, I don't use that often, you won't be able to function when things aren't favorable. In other words, when it gets hard, you will get going. Because you won't be able to stand the test. And, you know, I've, I've often used school and graduations as a means to bring this point home. We all love graduations, don't we? Especially those of us that have come to the end of a school cycle. We love to be on that stage in a gown and a cap and getting that degree, diploma, whatever. But the truth is, naturally we don't like the process we don't like the studying we don't like the classes we don't like the teachers of us and all of that we don't that's we can accept that we can be honest we don't like that but that stuff is necessary to get the graduation day 
And I believe sometimes we can be guilty of, you know, putting graduation day out there. Like graduation day is just like a snap of the finger. There's a process before graduation day. And the truth is, I believe we've got to learn to appreciate the process more than graduation day. When we appreciate the process more, then I believe we'll really understand what graduation day is about. Now, hey, hindsight is twenty twenty. When we're in it, we hate it. But I believe maturity enables us to look back and say, look at what the Lord has done. Yeah, I've been through war. I've been through hardship. But look at God. Look at what he has wrought in my life. Look at what he's done. So, although he slays me, I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to step out of his hand. He's the potter and I'm the clay. And I'm going to let him work his work. Because God knows what he's doing. It's, it's an uncomfortable work. It's an inconvenient work that he's doing in my life. But nevertheless, I am going to trust his process. Because God is faithful. Okay? So, the question is, why was the breaking of day so important to the angel? Okay, I'll, let's let's look at that. Well, I believe the daybreak was to expose him. You know, I believe that that daybreaking it signaled exposure. Jacob, of course, he was wrestling in the dark now. And uh, as the scripture says, no man had seen God live. So the truth is now, there's a couple of things we've got to consider. He was wrestling with this angel. And the day breaking would expose him to who he was wrestling with. And I believe another thing too that we've got to look at, the day breaking signifies the ending of a cycle. Jacob, who had been the, the deceiver and the supplanter, was now about to become this prince who no longer had to wage or to be known rather as a man that waged battles with men that manipulated men to get his way but now he has come to the place where he has literally wrestled with God and Instead of trying to seek his approval from man, he's now getting his approval from God. God is about to affirm him. So the breaking of that day was signifying the end of a cycle in Jacob's life, where his validation would no longer be from man, but from God. Oh, glory to God. Listen to Exodus 33, 18-20. He says, and he said, I beseech you, show me your glory. And we got a pause there. We got some more. So this was what it was about. This was like a, he was like a modern day Moses in his time. Lord, show me your glory. There are not only prerequisites, but there are consequences for being exposed to God's glory. We know that Moses came down with a face that was on a globe, that it was so bright that it had to be veiled because the people couldn't take it. 
In turn, Jacob was about to experience his own consequence. A consequence that would be with him for the rest of his natural life. So he says, show me your glory. Because this is what it's all about. I, I want to see your glory. So it says, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. This is actually, we're talking about Moses rather. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, you cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Remember, I just quoted that. So God is having this exchange with Moses after he makes this amazing request. Because there are consequences for being exposed to the glory. And the thing that we've got to ask ourselves, there are a lot of people saying, Lord, show me your glory, show me your glory. Listen to me. I'm not saying that you should be fearful of God, trembling, but you should have a reverence and respect for him, understanding that we're just finite beings. And what you're asking for is way beyond your capacity. But in asking for such a great thing, you've got to understand the prerequisites you've got to understand the war that is necessary oh hallelujah when you make a request like that you're actually stepping out of yourself and understanding that my efforts alone are not able i am not worthy because the truth is if you really look at it the only time in this, well, let me put it this way. This natural body was not designed to withhold the glory of God. It's just too much for it. But God, in his faithfulness, because we can't, I don't believe we can really quantify or really understand how great he is. He makes way and he allows us to see a glimpse because we can't withhold all that he is and in that glimpse i believe it lifts us to a higher plane and even as moses made this request i believe this is what jacob was saying but jacob there, there are going to be some consequences to this you're not going to walk out of here the same way you came in and i know we say that normally that church churchology there don't leave here like you came in jesus name but the truth is this, this is so real when you encounter the glory of God, there is going to be a war wound that signifies that you have been with him. People are going to be able to tell. They're going to be able to tell because you will find out that Jacob was about to change. He's about to become Israel. So why was the day breaking so important to Jacob? Well, okay, we... we See why it was important to the, to the angel. The angel was about to be exposed. The glory of God was about to be exposed to this finite being. A cycle. He was now passing into a new cycle. And a new cycle brings new things, right? So that's what the angel represents. That's what it represented from the angel. There was a new cycle that was about to take place. But what did what was this day breaking so important? Why was it so important to Jacob? Because 
it's the reverse now. Jacob is about to see the glory of God by way of this angel. And Jacob was about to be a partaker of the cycle that this angel was about to introduce. Glory to God. So, Jacob understood. <laughs> if I could just hold on. I'm, I'm here to tell somebody, hold on. I know it's a tough fight. I know you're going through financially, relationally, in your body, in your mind. It doesn't matter what your battle is today. I'm here to tell somebody, hold on. Those wounds are for a purpose. God is working it out for your good. So, so Jacob understood that he would be a different person if he can make it past this daybreak. He understood that this cycle was about to change. This cycle of seeking men's approval, seeking men's affirmation was about to shift. And now he was about to be affirmed by God. He was about to be stamped. God was about to put a stamp of approval on him. That when men see him, they will know this is a man of God. This is God's servant. This is God's elect. This is God's bless. Oh, hallelujah. And I believe we all want the same thing. So that's why he held on. I believe it was painful. Angels are many times stronger and mightier, taller than us as humans the greatest that we can offer an angel supersedes um what we can what we can offer and if you don't believe me look at the son of the sons of anak um, if you don't know who the sons of anak is and make that your personal bible study you look them up angels we they they make us look like dwarfs in every capacity we were made a little lower than the angels according to the word of god so this was a uh, this was a fight that was not even this was a fight in, in by faith i don't know how this brother was holding on but he was holding on mighty god so even as i close i want to read to you psalm chapter 30 and verse 5 it says for his anger endured but a moment in his favor is life weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning jacob was a living testimony of this if you understand what i'm saying that's why i painted that picture trying to get you to understand the difference between an angel and a man because you've got to understand the fight is not even an angel is the winner 99.9 percent .9 of the time jacob was that point one percent that was able to show us that with faith nothing is impossible he had faith even though he know even though he knew sorry that he was in above his head this fight was bigger than him he understood that everything that would come after him was in attached oh hallelujah one of you would understand today the fight that you are enduring today has nothing or is not just about you it's about the generations that are in you the people that will come from your loins jacob was fighting for a nation for people those droves that he sent to esau 
before listen to me esau sorry to say was the afterthought jacob wanted to win the battle with god first in so many instances we're trying to build we're like jacob rather let me put it in these terms there's so many instances we're like jacob we're trying to win the battles with men and eventually we believe we'll climb this so-called ladder and win a battle with god we must be thinking i don't know but the truth is in order to win in life it's not to conquer every man and then get their approval and then figure you'll be some fixture in their imagination but the way the pathway to victory is winning the battle with your god oh hallelujah because after jacob won that battle jacob became not he was no longer a man that wrestled with men but now he was a prince that had that had wrestled with god and now he is prevailed so he came across the four jabbok victorious and now it was about to manifest with his encounter with esau because now when esau saw those droves he was now beholding the droves of somebody whose character had been transformed he was no longer men please or men oh glory to god he was no longer somebody looking for the affirmation of others but he had been affirmed by god almighty and if god can be and if god is for you ladies and gentlemen who who can be against you i believe esau was run over before he even saw those droves because the victory had already been won the cycle had ended a new one had begun and jacob was now a prince halting on a stick war wounds showing demonstrating that he had been in the presence of god i want to encourage somebody today you're battling and i, and I want to encourage you to keep on fighting keep on fighting but the scripture encourages us to fight a specific way it says that we ought to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life this is god's promise without faith it is impossible to please him so we fight with faith to access all that god has given us in heavenly places we access that by faith so i'm i'm, I'm, I'm encouraging somebody today you may have been used to fighting in your own strength. But I wonder if you would regroup a minute and begin to fight this warfare in faith. Fight the good fight of faith, okay? Be encouraged, be strengthened, and know that you are the righteousness of God in the earth. Blessings on you.